How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. As many of us know, leading teams through any type of change, whether it's due to a restructuring, a merger, acquisition, we know that leading teams through that type of change can be extremely challenging. Regardless of the industry you come from, all the same fundamental challenges still apply. And trying to lead your teams through the organizational noise and swirl while trying to keep them focused can be a daunting task. Well, today's guest is a good friend of mine who is no stranger to leading teams through several of these type of scenarios. His name is Fred Rapp, who is a highly successful executive with over 20 years of healthcare experience. And just to give you some additional context to help you follow along with the discussion, a lot of Fred's uh, employees, or, or most of his employees over the years, have been field-based, meaning they work remotely. They are mostly scientists who provide a lot of important educational resources and support to healthcare providers and academic institutions. So please take a listen to our discussion. I think you'll find Fred's insights extremely insightful based on all his leadership experience. Fred, welcome to the Jam Session. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I mean, we, we've worked together for a number of years. I worked closely with with your teams, and I'm definitely excited to, uh, to have you on and, and jam with you. You ready to jam? I'm ready to jam. All right, so let's talk a little bit about your, your leadership journey. And, you know, just thinking through your guiding leadership principles, what would you say is, is most important to you? So I, I would think that would be people. People make the world go around, right? And so if you take care of your people and kind of set an environment and set a culture and leadership style where you're respectful, you're honest, and you're candid, I, I think people tend to respond to that that bit of transparency, right? It is interesting just knowing your, your background and the amount of, of change that you had to lead teams through. The transparency piece is is very important. Let's just talk through maybe some of the the successes and even some of the struggles of some of the, your teams through this. Ultimately, it comes down to people again, right? Because yeah. if you can make sure that people are focused, myself and my leadership teams have done a really good job of keeping teams focused, kind of sifting through the the swirl and the noise that happens. It's inevitable. People hear things and having the gumption to just say, and this worked a lot. You got a problem or you, you hear something that makes you crazy, pick up the phone and call me because mm -hmm. we'll have a conversation. And, and it's easier than to pick up the phone and call your colleague who now didn't hear that now calls another colleague. And then you've get this massive right. thing. So I, I think there's that. I think it depends on how you're being acquired, depends on the company coming in, right? I've been in several situations where you're left, the company's left alone, mm -hmm. right? And so over a longer period of time, there's a transition and it's slow and you kind of focus your thing. And then there's companies that do it quickly, rip the bandaid off. I think we were part of that bringing in a company. We kind of ripped the bandaid off and 
swallowed the company quickly and it's a, a bit of size issue, right? And so when they're smaller, it's easier. When it's bigger, it's a little harder. And then there's the hybrid approach where some functions go quickly and some functions don't. And again, you know, learning through that and making sure teams are set up for success, that they have what they need to succeed. Where we did a good job is, is just to make sure we took care of people. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, they're all going through stages of grief, right? We're going to talk right. about the Kubler-Ross thing. And, <laughs> you know, we're, I know it's death and dying, but, you know, ultimately it's grief, right? And there's going to be some people that are really happy. And then there are people that are just going to vacillate and no one stays on that continuum. It's not linear, right? You don't yeah. start out down in the dumps and then six months later you're at the top. It's a roller coaster ride for people and understanding that and recognizing that it's ultimately important and making sure your leadership team, right. And and your first line managers understand that and are all on the same page. So, well, I think, you know, the hardest part about that is because it is an emotional roller coaster. And this is what I think a lot of leaders struggle with is having the empathy, but also trying to keep your employees engaged. I mean, you still have a job to do at your position, right? You had managers reporting into you and managers of managers, And what would you say, you know, if there's any tips for anybody who's in at your level on how to make sure that balance is there? Making sure the leadership team, your your second line managers and your first line managers, what I tended to do is get them together and I would start meetings all the time saying, here's a decision. I think this is going to be really clunky. It may not fit with the team. We've got to do this. It will be okay once we get through it. It's the getting through it. And how you guys roll is how the team's going to roll. So if you're not on board, ready to go, being supportive, your team's never going to get through this. And and sometimes it's a bitter pill, right? And so you turn around and say, okay, you know what? Kind of stinks. Let's just get it over with, figure it out and move on versus, and that that's the empathy piece, right? I mean, you can lead that way and say, you know, not optimal, wouldn't choose to do it this way. This is why we have to do it this way. Is there alternatives? Maybe bring in some of the individual contributors to, to have that conversation and say, hey, look, this is what's coming, you know, and being transparent enough to do that, right? And saying, yeah. you know, going to the the managers and saying, who from the teams do you think would be good to give us input on this and let, let's talk this through, bring them into the conversation. And maybe there are things that we're not aware of, not hearing that would affect how we roll things out mm-hmm. and really think about change management. I think walking through that and part of change management is people Yeah, changing the, the lives and minds of people to get them moving. And again, bringing people in to get that input so that you know, ultimately you have buy-in, right? That you yeah. can you can say that with the, you know, pass the red face test in, in front of the team and say, hey, look, we went to the managers, had a conversation, and we brought some of your folks and uh, to offer feedback. You know, I, I think a couple of things you said there, you know, how we roll is how they roll, which I think is critical, right? How we present ourselves as managers is how our people will, you know, they do tend to mirror our behavior. Yeah, so it does go back to what you were talking about before, the transparency piece. And and it sounds like you put extra effort into bringing in some of the employees to pressure test things first before you rolled things out or communicated things out to the general 
public within your teams? Well, and, and when you can, right? When I mean, you can, it, yeah. right. It, I, that's part of the problem. The pro- problem that you rely on is, is that things move so quickly, things change so quickly that sometimes you can't do that. And, you know, as the leader, having second and first line managers underneath you, sometimes I'm making the decision. Yeah. Right. But that goes to, to making sure you have a pulse. How's the team doing? And if you're close enough to your team, mm-hmm. it helps with decisions. You know, that no one, at least I hope, would say, you know, Fred's not making decision based on not having any information, right? Mm-hmm. I totally agree because, you know, with lack of information, people are going to fill in the blanks. They're going to fill in those gaps. And it's usually not with anything good. Usually not with anything positive. They always go to the dark side. Uh, I am amazed how many organizations that, you know, make a lot of decisions in vacuums. And then several months later, wonder why things didn't take off the way they were supposed to, or it's amazing. And then, and then as, as a leader, you have people that ask you that question say, are, is the company this, that tone deaf? Right. Right. And you just like, well, you know, again, you're making a decision at this level and, haven't brought in anyone to think that through, right? And so haven't brought me in to think that through. And I may not be the right person, uh, you know, whether it's an HR policy, whether it's, you know, something totally unrelated right. to what we do, changing healthcare plans. I mean, been early in my career, that happened, right? We, we went from one company to another and people were like sideways about it. They were like, I can't believe we're going. No one told us. And I'm just like, I wasn't on board with that. And, you know, well, didn't they get input? So it's just, it becomes hard, I think. Yeah, you know, a lot of it, I think, has to do with just the amount of time it takes to go through some of these extra steps, investing the time to gather some of that feedback. But I think what happens is when we fail to maybe take the extra steps, just like what you were doing and trying to gather, you know, when, when it made sense to do so, it does save time in the long run. Well, yeah. Well, it, it, it saves little bits of time. I think sometimes bigger organizations don't understand that, that you take a little bit of time. And even if you don't get it completely right, you just get it more right, right. than you were going to originally do it. The time that you save on the back end, I'm answering less questions. My managers are answering less questions. My employees are less focused on the issue at hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you've just picked up all kinds of productivity because I can be thinking about something strategic. My team can be thinking about something strategic. My individual contributors can be thinking about their goals and objectives and going from there versus, you know, something that could be as mundane as my healthcare plan is going to change. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that contributes when that, you know, you don't have all those things kind of aligned. That's when you have all the swirl and all the the noise that takes up so much time. It becomes very distracting. Absolutely. I'm just wondering, um, you know, with all your experience and thinking through this and all the different restructurings and reorgs that you've been involved with, what did you struggle with the most as you reflect back? Not having answers at times. I think there's, that's number one, you know, where I, even at my level, didn't have answers and something as easy as IT. Mm-hmm. When you're jamming processes together and you're trying to put platforms, you know, we run similar platforms, but they're not exactly similar and you know they don't really speak to each other. 
IT becomes, you know, trying to get in through the VPN the right way into different SharePoint sites. It just, I think having that would have taken a lot of angst off of the teams. Yeah. But all of them, I think every single integration, IT was an issue. Uh Whether we were being acquired or whether we were acquiring people and spending, I look back and think about the time I spent, the time my manager spent trying to solve individual contributors, IT issues and not understanding that, you know, Hey, we're going to do a conversion today. And you scratch your head and go, well, if you do that today, we're in the middle of a launch. Right. And people need their computers. So you, I mean, you're going to have them send their computer in and they're going to be without a computer for three days. How are we going to execute? So it's little things like that where IT IT was a has been is and has been a stickler because you know yeah. the other problem is is that you know my team is scientists right they're mm-hmm. they're scientific people they're not all computer people <laughs> right most most of us aren't but right yes right and so you know you get somebody that are really sophisticated. Uh-huh. And some people that you're lucky that they can open up a PowerPoint and advance slides sometimes. Right. Yeah. So, but that, but you bring up a great point, right? It's, it's, um, and yes, you, you brought back some, some memories of myself in terms of some of these integrations I've been a part of and the, uh, it, the processes were a huge challenge to overcome. And I think it goes back to probably what we were talking about before too. Sounds like whenever we have these integrations, these changes, restructuring, whatever the case may be, is making sure you have the right people at the table before you even begin the process, right? Having the right resources, but having even some of the end users in mind, bringing oh, them absolutely. in could change the whole way we even approach rolling things out. I think the other struggle from an integration standpoint is that you're getting new processes and you're getting new systems I almost think if I, if I had to do them all over again, I would almost demand an onboarding like mm. day one. Like if I was going to company X, I would say company X, how do you, like, if you hired someone off the street, how do you bring them into the organization? And what are the, what are the trainings and things available to help walk us through that? Because there's just differences, right? There's yeah. just systems and processes and like how do you how do you do this we both do it we just do it differently right and walk me through the steps because i think the more i understand that and the more people understand that the faster you integrate again this gets back to your earlier point if you take the time up front yeah do the change management correctly yes it's a little painful in the beginning and yes it might think that you're skating in sand but ultimately it'll, it'll, you'll get to where you need to be faster. Yeah. It's so true. That's a great idea though. Even just, you know, onboard me or here's, here's two of my employees go through it, start to finish onboard them as if they're new employees. That's a great, it's a great way to figure it out. But see, that's a great example, right? I could take, you know, depending on how big your organization is, is you take one person from each team, right. And say, look, we're going to put you through onboarding so that you can see what's available and have you come back and tell me, you know what, 
everyone needs this. Mm-hmm. We can we cannot don't worry about that. Our processes, our SOPs, everything is similar. So we can handle that in five minutes. But whatever the process, that would have been you know, that would have been a great idea, right? We would have had yeah. almost a super user, right? Four or five super users that could have, you know, and that's ultimately across the board. I, I think about you know, even when we integrated people in. Mm-hmm. I, I wish we would have provided them that. Well, and again, you know, you talk about how how your your people do appreciate when you do take the time, when you do try to take a look at at everything that impacts them. And it is difficult from the people point of, you know, from the people side of it, going through a lot of change. And, you know, there's some that it impacts the culture. And you have individuals that, just may not want to be there anymore, or at least coming to you because you want them to be upfront and honest, but that's a difficult thing too, where they may just not want to be there anymore. There's nothing you can do. It's funny because this exactly happened early, right? So I think I was probably in the industry maybe like five or six years Uh and we reorged and we reorged and the leader that they chose was someone that was well-known in the organization that the people that had been around for a long time just had this gut knee jerk reaction. And I was relatively new, didn't really know the person. And that leader got up and said, okay, look at, I know some of you don't think I'm the most popular person. And, and maybe this is where I get some of my thoughts about, you know, just being open and honest. And, and she just put it on the line and said, you've got three choices. Mm-hmm. She goes, you love your job, you love being here, and you're just going to do your job every day and I'm going to help support you. And we're going to we're going to achieve great things together. There's a group of you that say, I don't know. And what I encourage you to do is say, if you don't know, stick around. Draw a line in the sand, say, 6 months I'm going to make a decision, in a year I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to help support you and I'm going to hope that I lead you. And as I'm leading you, you decide you want to stay mm-hmm. and, and you like what you do. And then there's a whole group of you that don't want to be here and that's okay. And my job is, is to help you be the best you. And if it's not here and somewhere else, I'll help you do that. People were shocked. People were like, Oh my God, but it was some of the best advice that, that she was just that candid at that point. Right. She and that's like, why people were shocked that she would just be that, that candid and put that yeah, out right. There. Like, yeah. You know, acknowledge the elephant in the room, right? I know some of you don't want me to be here. That's not going to make me go away. So here's your choice. And and I think it was, you know, I kind of carried that on. And then, you know, as that transition and she transitioned into a different role and we got a new leader, that manager kind of like built on that, right? And so we, you know, I've I've been lucky to have really great mentors Mm -hmm. through the thing that, you know, and maybe I, they're open, they were honest, you know, they were candid and you kind of let you lay it on the line and there was no judgment, right? When you told mm-hmm. them something, you looked at them, you scratched your head and said, you know, this really stinks. And I don't know how we're going to roll this to the team. Okay. Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. What stinks? What, what, what do you think is going to be the challenge? How are we going to overcome that challenge? And so that, you know, has always stuck. It's easy to manage when things are going well. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. And people are happy and people feel wanted and they're, you know, you're acknowledging them and it's, it's hard when you're, yeah. you've got that adversity, right. And mm-hmm. you add reorgs and integrations on top of it. And then we, we won't even talk about COVID. Right. I mean, that just right. adds a whole new dynamic to everything. Going back to what you said, that, that transparency and being candid is, uh, is so critical. So it sounds like you've taken kind of that path in terms of anytime, you know, there's a restructuring or integration, you kind of just lay it out there. Sounds like, right? Here, here are the choices. But is there danger in, in over-communicating? It's got to be balanced. You're told, you know, every leadership book, a lot of change, got to be visible. You have to, as a leader, you've got to be out there and you got to be talking to people. You've got to mm-hmm. over-communicate. And I think there is a bit of an issue with that, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, you would hope that and this is the the challenge that COVID brings, right? Because normally it would be easier to bring everyone into a room and have a conversation, right? So that right. they can see body language, they can see emotion, they can see all of that. And I think when you over-communicate via Zoom, Skype, whatever, it, it becomes a nuisance, right? Especially if you've got, you know, again, we work in a commercial organization where messaging is important, right? And so you've got multiple people messaging, but messaging the same thing. Mm -hmm. So now you've got people going, going to meetings, hearing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over, and and they're strapped for time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, Fred, you said that last week. Mm -hmm. And this person said that last week and okay, you know, at some point you're getting in the way of work. So, I mean, communication's absolutely important. Being transparent is absolutely important, but I do think that we could go a little overboard sometimes. And sometimes you just have to let them think through it themselves. Well, and again, it goes back to this theme of, you know, investing the time to know your people well enough to know which path you have to take with them, to know well, when to pick up the phone or, or, or not to, right? Yeah, and, and you think about reorgs and integrations, you know, you hope that folks rely on that expertise within myself and the leadership team to help with the change management. Mm-hmm. Where that always isn't the case, right? Some of those leaders don't even ask, like, how's it going with the team or how's the team feeling? Although some of them, they did a really good job of doing a lot of surveys, uh. right? Take a survey, get a get a good reading on where the team is. Where some of that fails is when you discount some of the information coming in, right? Because yeah. you've got, you know, you only see this once or twice, and you're like, ah, they're just a disgruntled employee. They're always, it doesn't matter. You know, we could hand them a suitcase of money and they're going to want to know why there wasn't a dollar more in it. So they're always going to complain, right? You're always going to have mm-hmm. people that are just going to complain. Yeah. I don't know if you can discount that. All. Yeah, particularly if it's, if, it's a, if it's a theme or a pattern that you see. But I think you bring up a great point, you know, in terms of a lot of these surveys that are done. Um, you know, if there's nothing done with them, or any explanation of the results or the why behind steps taken or not taken, then people don't really are honest anymore moving forward or 
or even participate to the extent they should. Well, and then sometimes the surveys are so big mm-hmm. that then you have to cherry pick information, right? And mm-hmm. so you're not, you can't look at everything. People gravitate to the things mm-hmm. that are positive versus the things right. that are negative, right? And so. So is that something you did with your your managers? You had them kind of just take a, a touch point with the team or a poll or survey just to kind of get a gauge on how things were going? Well, so I, I think as a leadership team, you know, that the whole thing, how we roll is how they roll. Mm-hmm. They're doing one-on-ones. Hey, I mean, that should be how you're leading some of your one-on-ones. Yeah. How's everything going? How you doing? Everything okay? I mean, have any concerns, right? Let's, before we talk business, let's level set where you're, where you're at and Mm -hmm. really understand what's going on. Right. I mean, it didn't have to be a reorg COVID, you know, what's COVID, you know, made us be on the computer and video and, you know, you had to get a pulse because, you know, you've got people managing at home, their spouse or significant others in another room trying to manage their job at home. And they're trying to homeschool three kids mm-hmm. because, you know, they all have to be on video. Yeah. How, how do you think that through and, you know, understand and empathize how you could take some of that away, right? Or could you, is there work that you could take away or can you extend deadlines? You know, cause we tend to ask for things sooner because we know we're not always going to get them on time. And right. So just kind of work through it and then get into the work stuff. Okay. How's this impacting work and what can we do to support you for that? So, you know, what's interesting is I, I just realizing as we're talking through this, what you said before, the basics of managing really apply. And regardless, it's change management, if it's reorg integration, it's easy to walk away from some of those things and get lost in the swirl when really probably what's, what's is, is needed or at least what we need to remind ourselves is all the basics apply. And that's a key ingredient of managing through the change. Dole it down as simple as you can make it so that people understand it and can get on board and and buy into it. But to your point, I mean, it's the football analogy, right? You don't come to training camp and kind of start installing the most complicated offense and defense on the planet, right? You, you have to turn around and go, okay, it starts with blocking and tackling. (laughs) Right. And if you can't block and tackle, you're never going to be successful. And I think that's, you know, that's a good point. I mean, you go, you go back to, any kind of huge changes, right? And it doesn't, it's integration, it's reorg, it's COVID. You've got to go back to the basics, right? And you, if you think about your people and kind of go back to leadership 101, people will appreciate it. I think that's a great way to, to wrap up this discussion. Kind of goes back to how we opened it up and goes back to your people. And it's been great to work with you over the years. And, and I know the type of leader you are and, and how dedicated you are to your employees. And it's been great just uh, working with you and your teams. And I definitely appreciate you coming on and talking about this and sharing your wisdom. I have no doubt this will definitely help many others out there as well. That's great. And thank you for the opportunity. I always enjoy talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it's always great to connect and talk shop and jam. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, Be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. 
I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast. Mm-hmm.